0: Episode 3, being a coach podcast, I'm your host, Coach E. In today's show, I have a very special guest. Um, this gentleman has been coaching for and teaching our young people for 27-some-odd years uh, in all sports. So could everybody please welcome my big brother, um, James Swain, to the podcast. James, how you doing today? Hey, good morning, man. I'm doing great. I'm glad to be here, man. Uh, man, I appreciate you, man. Before we get started, man um I don't know if I ever told you this, but i'm gonna tell you, you now, I ain't told too many people, but it's because of you um is where I got my competitive edge um and as an athlete and as a coach, and just as a person in general. And I got that way because of all those ass whoopings you used to give me when we was kids (laughs) playing basketball. And then even sometimes after I got so mad because I couldn't beat you, we went home, but I took another ass whooping from you, man. So, uh, for me, when I was able to beat you, I was like, okay, I can deal with anybody in the neighborhood anywhere else. So, man, that came from those. Big brother whooping that you gave me when we was younger, and I appreciate you and love you for that, man. Hey, man, that's
1: that's great. When I read about those times that, you know, we grew up very competitive, but we went out and played football or a race to, or uh, played basketball with someone else. Once we got on the same team, I said I had my brother with me. could nobody beat us. So that was my best memory about those days when we got together on the same team. I remember Yeah, that was, too, that was all fun. That was, that was big brother, little brother, growing up stuff. That was fun
0: too. But. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 I and then once I can beat you, man, I was able to walk around the corner on Seventy Eighth Street, man, and play with them older cats, man. That was four or five years older than us, man, and and in the business too. But um, that all came from you, brother. So I appreciate. Oh, that. Oh man. man,
1: oh man, I appreciate that, man. Was, that's yeah. Those great days. I I was kids. I hope kids can grow up like we grew up today, man. 'Cause we we had great times.
0: Yeah, we did and, and and that edge that I had, man, I was able to pass that on down to my kids, man. So that was a beautiful thing for them to be competitive as well. But um also I'm sorry that when um you had to be on the end of them losses that me and Walter gave everybody in the backyard during those times too. <laughs> oh
1: man. We had so many close cases to beating y'all, man, but um could different, different teammates. It just didn't come through, man. Y'all had a little run, man. I give it to y'all. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that, man. So, um, James, can you give our listeners some
0: quick information on your background and uh, what are you doing today?
1: Okay. I, I started um coaching, volunteering at my alma mater, St. Bernard High School. at Del a race. uh in 1985. I'm still active duty in the Marine Corps. So, Duke Delgarian, one of my... He was a senior when I was a freshman. He became the youngest head coach in the nation and asked me to volunteer. So I volunteered and helped out, <clears throat> just fell in love with it. Had a couple of great running backs. Um, uh, Kevin Bayon ended up in Georgia. Uh, Brett Hayes ended up at Vanderbilt SEC right out of here. First time out the gate, man. I just, I'd on that sometimes. And, and I'd show up on campus. I started doing track in '88. Um, just on, being on the campus and stuff, we had Royce Clayton, who played 20 years in, in the major leagues. We had um, Ed Stokes, who got drafted by the Miami Heat in basketball. We, we just had great players, and that's not just the ones that I, I coached. We had great players on campus, and, and I just had a great calling. It, like it was my calling. So by the time the next few years, I would take my leaves. You get, like, 20, 30 days of leave. I'd take uh, leave every year to coincide with Hell Week. And then and to the first game. Then I, I would come down for the games. But I worked day shift in the military. Then after that, it sprung into when I got out into the, the reserves. I got into the track, I'm sorry. And then that that in itself was a different thing. We had invitationals on all Saturdays and just just recommitted yourself to that and then I did some basketball so and um we went at boys and girls basketball so it was just being around the young people and working with great young people that was always um uh, brought me to it. So now at this time I've been in Hawthorne high school for the last twenty seven years. Been there since ninety three, I came there as a the head girls basketball coach. Um end up being the first black head football coach there, first black head track coach there, and you know, Hawthorne has a mighty tradition in track and field, and first black athletic director there. So, you know, I've had a good run with them and uh, seen some great things over the years and seen how great sports has been to young people, and I think I've been a big part of that. Okay. So, actually, you
0: got into coaching. You started out volunteering first. And then from there, just morphing until you've been what you've been doing now. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Yes. You know, like I said, those Saturdays at track meets, you run into great people like Kai Courtney, some of the great coaches at Dorsey. Those guys were like mentors to me. Getting to see even Coach Alalo on Saturdays at track meets, everybody would talk to me, and they were like uh, showing me that I had my place in this thing, so in this coaching field. So it it, um, really inspired me. And then, um, I found out or realized real soon that to be able to do this to the best of my ability and to give the most to kids, I'd have to go back to school and get my uh, credentials and get my teaching credentials and start teaching best be able to give the most i could I could give to them okay and you and you've been
0: teaching for how long now?
1: I've been in the classroom since nineteen ninety eight Wow, man, it's a long time. So when when you plan on retiring, man? Hey, like you said, as soon as I can. <laughs> uh, you know, uh you know, you meet with um with uh, district people as far as whatever whatever you can the numbers line up, sixty sixty two or whatever or, you know, three to four years. But I just got my masters in um administration of education, so I guess to be a, a vice principal or have an opportunity to, to go to a junior high or somewhere, and be, also be a principal, or, and that might prolong my retirement. But it's just, uh, it's just how long I'll be able to affect young people, and, um, and when the time's right, I'll know it's time to, to, to hang them up. Oh, okay, I understand. You know, James. You know,
0: <clears throat> earlier when I started coaching at my alma mater, at Bourbon Day. Um, we coach against each other. And for me, I use those experiences uh, to measure my coaching ability when I went up against you. Um, how did it feel, or how did you feel when you coached against your younger brother?
1: Well, you know, I was in the same boat. I thought, uh, my brother over there, I'm very proud of you, of course. I know Verb has a strong tradition. And, you know, a lot of my friends with the Verb along with you and I just took it, you know, a, a real challenge because I knew they were going to be prepared. I knew Lowe was going to have them ready. I knew you had your guards ready. And it was a challenge, and uh, it was some, some of the best time in my life, too, because you know, you get to coach against little brother, man. That's good stuff. So we had some pretty good battles, and, and uh, it was just, it was just great times for me.
0: Yeah, I felt that way too, bro. Because I'm like, man, I gotta, I can't let my big brother beat me no more. <laughs> so, but, <laughs> it, it, uh, but it just brought out the best of me because you know when you coaching against somebody you don't know, you still gonna have that competitive edge. But when it's a a family member, um, I think it just gets you more hyped up and and ready to make sure that your players. On point, I used to tell him, I'm like, man, that's my brother over there. Y'all kill these dudes. That was my mentality over there. So, yeah, I can understand that. You know, and then I know later on, Swain, you became the head coach at Hearthstone High School. And um, during that that, that period, I know you had some rough years over there. And I really, because I was here in Texas at the time, um, and I felt like those rough years, it wasn't no – It wasn't really your coaching ability. I think it was just a bunch of circumstances um, that led to some of the situations that happened. Can you tell me and our listeners, how were you able to stay motivated for yourself, your coaching staff, and your players on a daily basis, knowing that y'all was going to have a rough outing like you did? How was you able to keep that motivation going?
1: Yeah, I guess since I was there during the great days, we were good under Coach Robbins, and when they, and uh, we had a good system, a good foundation. Then we, um, when I took over, took, people forget I took over a three a team a team, and we went to the playoffs for our first year. Then the next year we had a new principal, and he kind of um, tried to break down our structure and foundation. And we missed, it. our last game was with Beverly Hills. Whoever won went to the playoffs. So we, we came up on the short end, you know, but that was some of the things he he had done to, to weaken our foundation. That being said, we, we gave it a great shot. Then he replaced me. I, the next year, and that was the first time in the school's history they went 0-10. Uh, so, I removed myself from the coaching on that at the school. Not by, not by choice, of course. But I went to Owens County and coached at Bosa Grande. And then the next few years, I went back to Birch. You know, you can always go home. And while I was there, that's when the foundation was totally decimated. And what I had a chance to do was to go back and maybe to a fault, I tried to reestablish the good things in the past. So that since I had such a good time there, uh, great players there, I kinda started with my responsibility to to help reestablish it. When that principle was gone until so I came back as a football coach at I D, I didn't realize how devastated the structure was. From that point on the have people who whose family went there traditionally who were going to other schools. I mean, we started a, a Polynesian pipeline to Sarah, which helped them immensely. Londo opened back up. That's been half our players. Um, and so forth and so on. Some of our players were already going to to Redondo and Maricostas. So you look at those demographics, how those teams have prospered. Trying to reestablish, I took that duty on. But you might want to say it was it – was, um, those were futile attempts. But me, I love the challenge. Like I said, I felt I owe them a little obligation because I've been there during the good times. And I was motivated by that step to rebuild, to rebuild. But there were a lot of other factors at that time that wouldn't allow us to get back to that status. But it wasn't going to stop me or my staff from trying because that's the way we were. We, You know, I had some of the people that I coached at other schools, at Hawthorne and at, at St. Bernard's, they were with me, and, and we were in for it. We were, we were in for the long haul. We, we, we knew no other way but to go for it, go all out. And unfortunately, for some of the kids, when you talk about the good tradition, some of those kids didn't know of how good the tradition was, or they felt maybe they were entitled. It was just going to happen without the hard work. And it was my job to make sure it showed. Hey, we lose a draw. Nothing's gonna happen without hard work, and and that was tough. But it was it was a challenge. So that's how I got through it by always remembering the challenge. And at the end of the day, if I didn't teach those kids. If the winds were thin, and those same kids come back to me later on and say, "Hey, coach, now I know what you were talking about. Hard work. And now I know what you were talking about. Dedication. And I know they're not entitled to anything. They gotta go get it." So, yeah, we kept me going.
0: okay yeah that's good because you know i I see people you know it's it's easy to coach when you got a bunch of talent and you always win that's yeah. easy what make you a better person and a better coach if you don't have that talent and and it's not easy, and you gotta fight every single day to get your kids to understand what they need to do. Um, that's when it's hard to be a coach, because I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I, if that was me in that situation that you was in, bro, I would have went to another school. <laughs> I'm just serious, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody just, the, i yeah. when I when I coached there with y'all that one year in 2000, we had Pineapple Joe, we had Jr., we had uh, Ichimondo. we had some players that was just that was good. Yeah, worked but, hard. I mean, yeah, they hard. did, and they held each other accountable, but uh, after that, man, you just didn't – y'all wasn't getting that same type of um, players that you needed and for the knowledge that you have. But, yeah, it's easy to coach when you're winning, but when, you, when, you, right. I, when you're you losing, is hard because I remember when I first got out here and started my basketball program, the only good player I had on my team was Charles. And we took all the other scrubs, and, you know, we didn't win like I wanted to, but we didn't lose like I wanted to. But it, I think um, those first couple years really showed you know, me how to, okay, you just got to keep plugging away and plugging away. So, yeah, I can understand that. And a lot of people don't understand. They just want to judge by the other stuff when they don't know all the dynamics there. And if you don't have – a great administration behind you. Oh, means It means nothing. I think that's why at Bourbon Day, why Coach Lalo and them was so successful is because they had a great administration behind them. And then with the type of athletes that came to that school, but if you don't have that administration behind you, you're in frugal grounds, man. So, yeah, but I take your hat off. I just wanted to get that from you. I appreciate that. and, and, And James, you know, I got this thing in since I, you know, coaching off and on, like I did for 20-some years, and one thing I noticed, like I tell people all the time that, you know, to be a coach, you really got to have your heart in the right place, and you really want to see these young men and women do good. That's why I got into it, because, you know, in the inner cities at Darby Park is where I started at, you know, I've been at Verbon Day. Um, you come with a kids with, you know, with a whole different background, and I think, One thing that I tried to do when I was in Los Angeles and here is I tried to make a positive impact on my kids that would last way beyond sports. And I also feel like if you're a coach and you coach like many years you coach, and if you don't hear back from your players, I think you failed your players on being a positive influence for them on their lives. How do you feel about this
1: statement? I agree with you all co and mine's even gone a, gone a little bit further. I have a, from out as a young coach, I have a circle of friends that we see each other almost every day, almost every week. Um, and then there are people that I've coached, and believe it or not, I coach their kids too. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. Uh, um, and one interesting that we coached, Malika Emerson, was my uh, 100 meters, 200 meter state champion. Back in the day, and we uh put a national record for senior year and a state record in the in the four by one relay it still stands as a state record. I end up in two thousand and eighteen coaching her son at Lawville, and we went to stay catch on football so wow uh, you're right i'm I'm connected that way, but you always were in someone who's and man, people uh Run through a light or blow a horn if they see me. Like Coach Wayne, Coach Wayne, man, how you been? So you hear back from I getting, I get emails from kids just saying this is this was not even after, This was this was part of the crew in in history class third period just to see how you doing. So you don't even know that you're making a positive influence, or the you don't know the influence that you're making. But later on you will find out. So that because they will let you know and. It's tra i I, I can't believe it's tragedy that people would make that connection with their uh people. But I see how some might do it because people nowadays I'm not, I'm not gonna fault anybody or throw watch anybody, but they take their kids to a place just for a sports program or just for a name and we would never do it like that. We would never transfer like that, like people transfer today. We would never do those things and I think if you send your kid to a school and 20 years later, you don't want to go through that school, you should have never sent him to that school. So that's exactly what you mean with the influence having on, on, on the kids, too. And uh, people always run into someone and say, hey, Swain, uh, teacher friend of mine, I read to some of your former players, but they asked about you, you know, stuff like that. Right. So, and those are the kids that, that like you said we made a positive influence, and they're, they're mothers and fathers now, and good people were working people. And and I love hearing the, the success stories. I know you have success stories of young people, but uh, I, I watch a, a TV show, All Rise, because the one lady in my team in the midnight is a superior judge in Atlanta. I mean, how proud do you think that makes you feel, man? Right. You know, so yes, man. sir. <laughs> So I like to think uh, along the lines I had some influence with that and other things, but um, it just it gives me a lot of pride to see people go on and be good good people. Yeah, it does, and I, I think
0: um, and and part of the reason I started this podcast, man, because I get to read and hear, you know, and especially on the club level, grassroots AAU, these coaches bashing kids and parents and parents doing the same thing because that kid left and went somewhere else and they was pissed off. And and my thing on that Swain is that, you know, if you have a kid in your program and say you don't have the talent around that kid to get him to play against other top notch players. I don't see why people have probably once said and you know, the parents come to me and say, Hey Coach Everett, I appreciate everything you did. Um, but I think if my son plays over here, It'd be better for him. And I, and I, would, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But, man, some of the days, coaching, man, they get so mad. I remember once year I was so frustrated with the team. I was like, the whole team can go. But when they left, when I still continue with my other teams, when we went to tournaments and I saw my former players and parents there, I used to go sit up in the stands with them. Oh. Yeah. talk to them. And, but some people, I mean, I just can't see why adults hold grudges against kids. Uh, can you do you under, can you um have an opinion on that?
1: Yeah, you know, uh like I said when when they had broken the structure down in the hospital and did it for administration in my view. Um I go to a Sarah game, a playoff game, and I see parents I coach when everybody coached their older uh, uh, kids or their cousins or their nieces and nephews. So I had no problem with them being a a better situation for themselves. Now um I also I was talking to one of my former athletes yesterday. We were talking about when he was a senior, and we had a freshman, a high shot freshman, and he was on the Marion eighteenth to sell finals, I believe. And he asked "What happened to him, Coach?" I said, "Man, uh, I just went to Long Beach Poly. No problem. He went to Poly. Never made him say up again. So I'm like, whatever you, whatever you think works for you." go for. I'm going to wish the best for the kids. But also you got to look around and see what advantages to where you are. And I'm never going to be mad at a kid for leaving. I'm never going to be mad at a parent cuz if that's what you feel you have to do, do it. I just know that, that uh my my goals are genuine and I'm going to work hard for every kid and I hope you get the same thing where you where you go to. And that's how I take it. I'm not going to I'm not going to spend too much energy, bad-mouthing kids, parents. You know, good luck to you guys. That's, all that's what it's about anyway. Yeah, it, that's that's
0: absolutely true because, you know,
1: you, you want the best as a coach, and if it's have to um,
0: be somewhere else, then fine. But also when they do that, I think parents and kids are just not picking places. That's why I think we have so many transfers in college basketball on all levels. Um, in all sports, men and women, is because these kids are going to these schools and not um, going to the school that's the right fit for them. You know what I mean? And so they end up messing
1: up. What do you think about that? Yeah, they go for a name. And also, have they, a lot of them have been pampered. They've been pampered by their AAU coaches or what have you. And even when they recruit you, even if you're going for the name, when you get there, it's all business.
0: Yes, it is. You
1: know, and mm-hmm. sometimes by by not being adequately coached at the lower level, you're not ready for that transition. Do you think everybody still gonna be buddy 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 to you? No, know, man. It's they're coaching for their livelihoods. Yes, sir. For, their, for their, they're coaching for their kids to be able to go to private schools. They're coaching for their kids to be able to get to that college, you know, and. And uh, of course, hopefully, come up mean you mean something to those coaches, but also you're into those means. You got you got to do your job. You got to transition. So um, I think it's the preparation that that they've had, and and they have to have the love for the for the game and the school, and pick the right. It's very important to pick the right place for you, not just the name of it. Yes, sir, and that that is absolutely true.
0: James, and the last question I got for you, in your opinion,
1: being a coach means what? Well, you know, like I said, having the success I've had and in, in, uh, all the things, like I said, I finally got a football state championship, I coached some, some state camps, some track and field, basketball, one state championship. It's not even about the, the, the championship because I've done it, and those things may or may never come. And it's the journey of teaching the kids that the life is a game. It's a metaphor. Sports is just a metaphor for life. So how you play this game, how you prepare, how you work hard, that's going to be what you take into this world as an adult, as a worker, as a parent. And the best thing I can say at that in basketball, the clock is going to end, football the clock is going to end, baseball innings are going to end, track, you know, the fence line is going to get there. But in life, it never ends. So as a coach, you're there to prepare those kids for the bigger game, the real game. And if you're not in, into it wholeheartedly, then you're going to those kids, man. Because life, there, there's no, there's no uh, clock in life you got to keep going. The game doesn't end. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I agree with you on that one because, you know, it's, it's life is always involved in, you know, in games, like you say, because you can have a major injury and you can never play again. But, you know, what foundation did you have that your coaches have for you to make you be able to come over that injury and being able to be a productive young man and young lady in this um, society? Man, that's that's oh, yeah. the tough part. And, um, and I lied to you, I got one more question for you. Okay, okay. What advice would you give a young person now in their early 20s starting out becoming a coach? What advice would you give them?
1: I would tell them, just like we want our kids to be uh, lifelong learners, you got to be a lifelong learner too as a coach. Get in, learn the dirty work. And people now get these all these tracks. All weather tracks and stuff. People don't remember me putting in the, on the blocks and in the dirt, painting the, the, uh, the, the starting lines on the uh, on the curves, dragging hurdles around in the dirt. So I learned that stuff. You know, granted they don't gotta do that now, but you need to learn that stuff. And I go to clinics. I still go to clinics this day. You know, and for one, it reassures me what I knew. It teaches me new things, teaches me things I forgot about, but it also it's, it's a camaraderie and it's a, a, re, a refresh, like a refresh restart to get ready for the next season or the, or the next challenge. So I'm always trying to learn something, you know. When I'm there, I don't go to many clinics, many speakers as I used used to do, but I go to ones that are interesting to me. I go to ones I think I'm going to get something out of, and sometimes I'm going to give back to my, my team and use something I could use. So make sure that you are learning your, your craft. Can't be like anybody. You can't be like Mike Klack that like, you gotta be yourself and you have to uh learn, really learn. And sometimes you some of those learning it's gonna be kinda of, you know, it might hurt a little bit. You might to have to learn things. But learn from that also. So make sure you know your know your craft. Okay, that's that's, that's okay. I, I I
0: like that. Well, James, man, um, I I really appreciate you taking the time out, um, this morning to do this interview with me, and I really appreciate you, um, as an older brother, man, and and all the help you provide for everybody, man, over the years. I really truly appreciate that, man, and and for all you other coaches out there, man, is doing things the right way and making a positive impact on our young people, um, Continue success, and God bless you. Um, James, I'll talk to you later, man.
1: All right, man. Appreciate it. Love you too, man.
0: Appreciate it. All right, man.
1: Okay, bye-bye. Episode four will be out next week. Thank you.